0: Holding the line with the conservative movement. This is Stacy on the Right on Sirius XM Patriot 125.
1: Welcome back to Stacy on the Right. Thank you so much for being with us tonight at Stacy on the Right and Staceyontheright.com to find out more. All right, so. Uh, let's welcoming into the show right now, welcoming and actually being very, very excited about Dr. Paul Christo, director of the Multidisciplinary Pain Fellowship Program at Johns Hopkins Hospital. He's the host of Aches and Gains on SiriusXM Family. Hey, Dr. Christo, thanks for coming on.
0: My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.
1: I'm glad you're here because this problem is escalating and that is the fentanyl crisis. Um, You have actually done a lot of work in this area and you have uh, also done programs on what can be done. Talk to us a little bit about where you stand on this and what you want to see.
0: Well, you know, what we're seeing now, gosh, since about 2013, I'd say is a huge increase in the number of deaths related to synthetic fentanyl, Uh, not, you know pharmaceutically manufactured fentanyl but synthetic fentanyl and mainly among people who do not have pain i think that's an important distinguishing factor here because because in the past you know many years ago uh, we did have a problem related to prescription opioids leading to death but that really isn't what we're seeing today
1: so the synthetic fentanyl is something that is produced in the black market and it's then is it is is this what we're seeing laced into illicit drugs like cocaine or is this Strictly pills, what form does it take?
0: Different forms. So we're seeing it in liquid form, we're seeing it in pill form. It could be crushed, you know, so that people can inhale it through their nose. So it's all different form, you know, powder form, different forms um, that we're seeing in various different parts of the country. And in either any form, really, uh, the danger here is that this is an opioid like other opioids. But, you know, fentanyl is about 80 to 100 times more potent than morphine, to put it into perspective. And to even get even more granular, you know, the lethal dose would be equivalent to something just like, you know, 10 to 15 grains of table salt so you can see how powerful it is
1: wow so when you talk about the liquid or the the grains of table salt who is most likely to encounter these forms of synthetic fentanyl
0: well initially what we've been seeing is adults but then over the last couple of years we've seen more and more adolescents Uh, use illegal fentanyl. So these are, you know, kids between the ages of, say, 13 to 25. And and actually, even more recently, I've seen um, a report that, you know, the death related to opioids and fentanyl specifically is quite high, becoming higher among those kids aged just five years of age and younger, and it's accidental overdose and death.
1: But what is it inside of that a five-year-old would be getting access to it? I know,
0: right? I mean, what's happening is that their, you know, their parents or whoever they're living with, it, you know, is has the drug on hand in the home, and you know, kids unfortunately inadvertently have access to the, these drugs, specifically fentanyl, and are consuming them and then dying accidentally.
1: Okay, so the parents are the illicit drug users because the fentanyl is laced into the drugs that the parents are buying from their drug dealer.
0: Well, or that's true too, right? So it's two it's twofold. One, they might just be using fentanyl in and of itself, or the other problem that we've seen is that if they're purchasing say, you know, an oxycodone tablet Uh, from the streets, or they're using methamphetamine on the street, that these drugs are being leased with fentanyl and thereby causing death.
1: So the people who are going out onto the street to their drug dealer to purchase illicit drugs, some of them are actually looking to purchase fentanyl, but most of them are purchasing something else, and it has been laced with fentanyl, and they're unaware.
0: That's right. That right, and that's what's in part leading to the huge number of deaths we're seeing because they are unaware that what they're that if they're using, for example, you know, heroin or methamphetamine, or they purchased like an oxycodone tablet on the street that it's leased with fentanyl, but it contains fentanyl.
1: So the primary um, victims, the 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 mass number of the victims, the per- the highest percentage, are people who are actually they're probably addicts they're hooked on some drug whether it's methamphetamine or cocaine or whatever it is and then they're overdosing on fentanyl that has been laced through the product so would you consider that to be you know obviously we we've said their connections to China you know sending the fentanyl over the the um the drug wars that we have going on you have um gangs out of Mexico and in South America who kind of control the fentanyl pouring into America through the southern border is it that they want to kill the customers? Because it seems like lacing it with fentanyl has a deleterious effect on people who are actually funding their business.
0: You're right. You're right. So I, I don't know that they're in, intending to kill those who are who are using these substances. Uh, but you know, then again, we're talking about. I mean, you know, we're talking about drug cartels. We're talking about people who are selling drugs. So it's hard to know exactly what they're thinking right in terms of selling these products, but i think they are it is coming a lot of this is coming in from uh say mexico the mexico california border the mexico arizona border and in different forms you know entirely as we you know it could be a liquid it could be um powder in cars in different body orifices i mean it's getting to that point where it it it's almost it's it's hard to detect where it is and in fact i think that it's important to have uh, but I think what we need to do here is to have greater uh you know law enforcement presence at the borders so that we can help prevent um the this fentanyl and then as well as other drugs from illegally crossing the border
1: so the i there's a lot of people who are gonna hear about this, and I see the most sympathy and most empathy towards the fentanyl overdose stories coming about when it's a child who's accidentally passing away from it uh, more so than, you know, people who are already using illicit drugs and they overdose on fentanyl. And, and you know, it's obviously unintentional, but, you know, people have a tendency to be much more empathetic towards children who are being killed. Out of the 125,000 fentanyl overdose deaths last year, were was that large percentage of those people? Was that Uh, adults, or is it a large chunk of those people who are children, or how does that break out?
0: It's not, no. I would say that most of those would be adolescents and adults, so, you know, between the ages of 13 to 25 and then adults. Not. It's more recent that we're seeing, say, you know, kids that are as young as five and younger accidentally overdosing on fentanyl. That's more of a recent phenomenon. So, unfortunately, most of the most of the people who are dying are in that age, you know, adolescents and then sort of younger adults.
1: Hmm. So now we talk about fighting it and you have some ideas about that too. And especially with your role at Johns Hopkins and being a physician, um, talk to us about what you'd like to see happen besides obviously more attention at the Southern border.
0: I, well, okay. So the FDA recently as of last Friday has removed Narcan so it has basically liberalized the use of Narcan so it's no longer it no longer has to be prescribed so it's going to be an over-the-counter medication and I think that's actually a good step so you know people can buy it uh, from pharmacies from gas stations from even vending machines and they don't need a prescription so the, the labeling has changed for Narcan and the other name for that is naloxone it's the opioid reversal agent and it saves lives no question so I think that's key I think
1: it's really helpful okay that is narcan mm -hmm. in the hands of any old person that's fantastic
0: that's right i mean i think so if you have a family member if you have a friend a loved one whom you know is using opioids you know illegally or recreationally it's key to have narcan on hand because remember the person who's overdosing isn't capable of administering Narcan to him or sir, herself it's got to be a family member or a friend who's around who can administer it it's, it's a nasal substance so you just in, insert it into the nose and spritz it into the nose spray it into the nose
1: so talk to us about how that works we we're so familiar with EpiPens the injection to help with uh, you know an allergic reaction but how does Narcan actually work when someone's experiencing an overdose
0: well it's can it's injected into the nostril, and what happens is that it's then taken up by the blood vessels in the in the nose and goes directly to the bloodstream and then uh, goes to the area in the brain that's responsible for breathing and it blocks the and moves the opioids, say fentanyl, for example, off of the receptors and thereby helps restore breathing but it's it's only a temporary I don't know that many people realize this either. It's not a permanent type of treatment. So it it can help, and it certainly helps reverse the effects of the opioid. But you've got to remember also to call 911 because the effects will wane and they'll diminish. So the person who's overdosed needs to go to the emergency room for more definitive treatment.
1: Okay. so And this is important. I I really would like you to stress this a bit more. Um, And so, doctor, you are telling us that the Narcan that you maybe have on your person because you know you're in close contact with someone who abuses drugs and you realize they're having an overdose, it's not enough to deliver the Narcan to them and then kind of say, okay, you know, go to bed and sleep it off. They have to still show up at the emergency room for further treatment.
0: That's right. That's true. It's not enough just to administer it because, again, it will wear off. So, uh, and then when it wears off, you still have quite a bit of opioid in your body that can then. Bind to those receptors and cause the same problems. So you really need somebody to call, you know, 911 and transport you to the emergency room for um, complete treatment.
1: Okay, so that that's good for us to know because I know that um, there there actually was, in my opinion, quite a positive response to the news that Narcan would be distributed anywhere. And one of the stories that that announcement followed on was the little girl at the Airbnb, two years old the parents didn't even realize she'd been exposed and she was on the bed foaming at the mouth with blue lips and by the time they got into the room and realized what was going on it was too late for her so and it and they still can't figure out where the fentanyl came from because they didn't find any traces of it in the actual Airbnb that they were staying in, so it's it's Mm. you know right on the heels of that story, you have them announcing that Narcan is going to be available, you know, and readily dispensed everywhere. And I think a lot of parents are breathing a sigh of relief over that because I guess you just don't really know where you can encounter it.
0: Well, I mean, it that situation does seem a bit odd to me, Uh, and you know, in which case, if since it's going to be available over the counter, no question, I think parents should have it on hand in case inadvertently the kids. Uh, you know gain access to it and and then if you certainly are there to observe it to see it you can go ahead and administer Narcan through the nose to save the life of that person because it does save lives no question about it
1: yeah so uh, in in the case of most of us who are you know just going on about our everyday lives what is the likelihood that we will be exposed to fentanyl Uh, you know should should everyone have the Narcan or, or what do you recommend
0: you know, it's not that frequent that we would be exposed to probably a family member or friend who's using opioids recreationally, you know, or illegally. However, I say that, but then, you know, I also realize that the rates are ever increasing of experimentation related to drugs, and not only opioids, but, you know, the psychostimulants like methamphetamine. Um, so I think that it makes sense to have over the counter and it will be over the counter very soon uh you know narcan available just in case but remember that narcan won't if someone is overdosing on for example like a stimulant maybe methamphetamine narcan will have no action at all so this is really specifically for opioids only
1: right so if we're talking about some kind of other overdose this isn't going to do it but because of the prevalence of this and in the, in the media attention This is a great opportunity for people, especially if you have someone in your life that you know uses drugs, um, to keep this on hand just in case.
0: Absolutely. Very, very true.
1: Okay. So thank you so much for covering that. Now tell us, because we, we may have people listening who obviously everyone's a subscriber, but they might not know about the SiriusXM family channel. And certainly we want to know more about a show that's called Aches and Gains. I mean, that's a good show name. Like tell us more about this.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. Yes. You know, this is a a show that really focuses on um, overcoming pain and I feature uh, guests who are people who have different pain conditions it might be low back pain it could be headache pain it could be arthritis and uh, he or she then describes how uh, they've overcome it and it might be using traditional medications you know it might be using injection therapies it might be using um, integrative treatments like acupuncture or yoga so I really tried to focus on those who have pain and, and you know the thing is we've got a hundred million people in this country That's one out of every three who suffer from chronic pain. So it's a lot bigger than most people realize. Uh, And so my show, I really tried to, again, focus on how to get through it, how to overcome it. And the other part of the show relates to an expert guest. So I'll have, say, a rheumatologist or a pain doctor or a headache specialist talk about what are the up-and-coming treatments related to that particular pain condition.
1: Okay, so that is fascinating. And so I want to put in a request, although... I don't know if you'll feel inclined to honor it, but um, when you're talking about chronic pain, an area that is not really covered very much in the media is um, pain that is experienced by about 5 million Americans and their post-op cancer patients who are suffering from lymphedema. And lymphedema is a progressive chronic condition that um, it's incurable. It involves a lot of physical therapy and um, very expensive durable medical equipment and treatments. And it can be extraordinarily painful, especially if it progresses to the level of, you know, uh, having basically the hardened kind of skin on the body and uh, obviously if if infection is present. And so um, I don't know if you've ever done a program on that, but I would love to learn more about how people can manage that pain. And I think there are just millions of people out there suffering silently who don't really get a lot of attention on that issue because it's just not a very prevalent disease and people kind of don't even know it exists until it's too late and they're suffering with it
0: well thank you for bringing that up i will definitely put that on my list of okay. upcoming shows
1: i'm going to be looking i'm going to put you in my favorites on siriusxm because <laughs> i'm a subscriber too so i'm going to be looking at, and, and hoping that dr Christo tackles <laughs> this along with all of the other wonderful work that you're doing i was really excited when i saw you come up on our our calendar today to come on the show tonight Uh, Super excited about you being here and hopefully we can talk again. Thank you so much for the work on, um, you know, informing us about fentanyl and Narcan and and all of the different treatments and certainly uh, the cool show. Thank you so much.
0: My pleasure. Thank you so much too.
1: All right. Thanks for being with us. And that's Dr. Paul Christo, director of the Multidisciplinary Pain Fellowship Program at Johns Hopkins. He has a show. It's Aches and Gains on SiriusXM Family. He's at Dr. Paul Christo on Twitter. We'll be back with more Stacy on the right after this. 866-95-PATRIOT.